Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones, renowned author uh, of multiple books. And uh, <laughs> cha-ching! Woo! Hey, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. Where we will eventually get to church planning, but uh, right now. this is Where our- we don't have a tagline at the beginning. You know, we should, huh? This is how we do friendship. That's what we decided. This is how we do our friendship. So right now, you're going to listen in. On how we do friendship. So what's going on, man? What, what's I, that's in your life? pretty much true. Yeah, so if you guys are new to the podcast and you're like, you know, we just like shut up and give me some church planning, that's about 30 minutes in and you're going to have to wait a little bit. You're just going to have to wait, okay? To, just wait. to wade through our friendship before you can get to your church planning buster. That's right. That's right. And if you're like, oh, this is not the podcast for me, then it's not. You're right. It's not. not. Head on over to Lifeway. If this is the podcast for you, assume that it's not. I think that's a good starting place. You know, it's funny too because some some people come on and they they go, Oh, oh, those guys are laughing. They're having fun. Liberals, I'm out of here. Um, we are theologically conservative. We're not gonna cuss at you. We're not like the bad Christian podcast. We're I mean, Pete Pete's a bad Christian. I'm an excellent Christian. And uh, no, I'm teasing. We, 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 we listen. This is what we do. But before you click over with your fat little thumb and head on over to another podcast, let me read you from the mailroom. I'm a little salty today, Pete. This will be good. <laughs> this is a good, this is an encouragement. This is a happy email. This is like Bob Ross says happy trees, happy trees. This is a happy email, happy reviews. He says, Hi, Peyton. 
We have never met, but probably for over a year, I've listened to your Church Planners podcast. I've never reached out to you guys, because really, I don't even know enough to ask questions. However, your podcast has meant so much to me. Two years ago, my wife and I were called into into mission in the Delview area of San Antonio. And since we live in New Braunfels, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Hey, I don't know where these, San Antonio, I know. Uh, but he says, we thought we were going to move there and start out doing house church. God just kept closing doors, and it seemed we just couldn't get a house. We start out with just us and a coach. The first year was real hard, not much fun. That's when I found your podcast, really a God thing. Listening to the f- podcast for the first time, I found myself laughing. I couldn't remember the last time I laughed. It was a good thing. We eventually scraped the house, I scrapped the house idea, and going bivo, moved our business into the area. So he goes on to talk a little bit about um, what he does and who he's working with and a little bit of uh, tidbits, but that was the part about the podcast. So I thought I'd just share that, that, hey, some of you guys, if you're that uptight, you need to laugh a bit. Church planning is killing you, man. Relax. Relax, Johnny. If I had my soundboard... I'd probably play a soundbite right now, but I forgot to turn it on. So, you know, <laughs> it's okay. It's, but, it's a professional podcast. It's a professional but you got the leaf blower sound effect in the, in the I, background, I'm which like proves you mute, live in. I'm trying to mute myself because my gardener <laughs> showed up. Like it's not the morning. We're supposed to do the podcast in the morning. We're morning people. It's two o'clock. What am I going to do? It is a conspiracy. Whenever I go to do a podcast, a leaf blower starts up. It's like those old cartoons where the guy goes... I thought you were going to do It's a Wonderful Life. Every time a bell rings, (laughs) an angel gets his wing. I'm thinking every time a leaf blower starts, a church planner podcast is being recorded. Oh, yes. That is so... Man, if we had t-shirts and hats and if we had all the things that other podcasts have, that would be a good one. That was like uh, Mi Dragon is muy rapido. Mi Dragon! (laughs) There are times when we've done this podcast where I've said something and I can tell I'm getting the genuine laugh from you. Like it was out of the, I live for those moments. Like this is kind of like what, <laughs> what husbands do for their wives. And I'm not trying to say you're my wife here, but I, I will admit that I live for those moments when I somehow just squeeze something in there. That all of a sudden you're like, where did this come from? And you're laughing. And I, I, I go for those. And that was one of what those What was times. that one a couple of weeks ago? I mean, that one was funny. I think I laughed harder at that moment than I've laughed I don't in remember, a long that's one time. Where you were like, I wanted to say something more, but I had to leave the podcast or something like that. I don't I don't remember what it was now. It's rad. Well, so for Chuck, the guy who wrote in, you know, we just want to say, Chuck, uh, it's not just therapy for you, man. It's therapy for us, too. Hey, so uh, I got some news to share. Okay, uh, please do. <laughs> it's so funny because I hear you muting. <laughs> what, what am I gonna do, man? The dude's right outside nah. my window. Oh, is he? It, it'll hey, it'll add <laughs> oh, a great. little that bit. That time I unmuted so I could <laughs> cough on the mic. <laughs> you and me both, because we got this new. Uh, program we're using i don't know where the mute button is sometimes coughing just happens before i can get to it but anyways oh oh what i do are you there I'm here. oh yeah i can hear the leaf blower i know you're still there okay oh. i created a new tab on accident 
This is such so, a professional podcast. Hey, welcome to Church Planner Podcast. Hey, you can trust our advice. Obviously, we are professionals. We know what we're doing. <laughs> You're in good hands here, Meanwhile, folks. I'm trying to start a podcasting network, and this is my resume. <laughs> this, this is our this, flagship. This is our flagship. <laughs> so if you, uh, if you guys want to do a podcast, you know, it's funny, man. I do have another podcast. That wasn't the announcement. You, you guys know Ministry Ninja's there. My new website's up, ministryninja.com. I make some really dopey faces on that, and that was totally clickbait. But... Uh, if you go on there, what happens next? Nobody expected. <laughs> that makes me laugh. You, tell the story. Tell me what you okay. told me. Tyrone sends me this image and he goes, this needs to be the name of your next podcast. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, he's right. And I went and I bought the domain names. What happens go next on. will shock you.com. And I'm like, that's my new <laughs> podcast. What happens next will shock you. I think it's a magazine. So good. I think it's a podcast. I think it's a TV show. I, I, it's perfect. I look forward to the day when I can go through my local supermarket and right next to Bat Boy and News of the World is what happens next. No one expected or you won't believe dot com. Right next. Yeah, to that's it. the guy who's trying to knock me off. <laughs> what happens next? No one would believe. Dot com. I'll be like you, you suckers! You stole my 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 podcast. Yeah, and and then the other guy comes on. What happened next was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, my announcement is I signed a new book contract. Oh, you finally signed it. I did. I signed it and mailed it off today. So I don't even know. There's a protocol. When I when I signed my first book contract, um, actually, I didn't sign it. I got the deal, and they said, hey, we'll send you the contract. Well, of course, I went all over social media with Church Zero. Woohoo! Check it out, everybody! And uh, my agent called me up and said, uh, you're not supposed to do that until you sign, and it's been signed by both parties. So I can't tell you what it is yet, but uh, it's a big book. It's going to have a thousand pages. Have they signed it? Or are you like still waiting for it to be all signed? No, I signed it. They sent it to me. So my signature's there. There's no guarantee of their signature. So I I've signed know, it. How long does it take for you to get a check? Pretty quick, man. Is it? So I get my first check as soon as I, uh, <laughs> which is a lot of faith. Um, I get my first check as soon as it, um, uh, his, his leaf broke. It, it broke. What happened to his leaf blower? I muted it. I heard it like break down. I was a little worried. I was like, "Dude, you okay?" You know, yeah, he's you never here. Okay, quit bringing him up. I gotta, I gotta mute it when he's literally right outside my window. How, how come you never ever hear of like accidents where like some dude like spontaneously combusts wearing those? You know, or like, you know, it it. It catches fire or it blows up or, you know, those are always like, I'm a little, dis you know, like if a dude was wearing a jetpack, you know, like occasionally do like in the cartoons where it like spiral up in the air and he'd be like, ah, doing loop-de-loops. Never hear of like a guy with like a leaf blowing accident. 
he's still muted. Okay, folks, he's right outside. Like he's obviously he's got that thing pointed at the window, and he's watching the glass vibrate, not realizing Pete's on the other side. He's checking his teeth. You know, he's grinning at himself. He's pointing. You really don't want to get to your actual story that you were starting to go down before you. No, it was just it was just I signed this contract, and uh, anyways. So what happens uh, next will shock you. (laughs) <laughs> hey, so uh, we, you had a rad idea for Smack Talk today. And it, funny enough, you were sending mental mind bullets to me because I had the exact same thought. Well, it's pretty similar. Well, I wasn't thinking today. Here's what happened. Has to happen today. Well, but I I don't know that I got it. I've only got one on my mind. <laughs> That's why. So I got this Pelican case. Do you know what a Pelican case is? Yeah. <laughs> that was... Okay, let me explain to you what a pelican case is. I know what a pelican case is. I have one. Do you? Yeah. What for you Well, you know, for lugging church equipment and stuff. Well, I got mine for guns. <laughs> That's what they're designed for, is guns, so oh. you can travel on airplanes. Oh, cool. Nice. And you meet all the TSA requirements. So I bought this extra large pelican case because I'm like... Hey man, I'll, uh, you know I'm doing the From Concealment podcast with Dan Sams, uh, which will be launching soon. Uh, a church planner in Ohio, and they—that's they, a free state. You know, I live in a, a communist state. That's a free state. I want to take my guns out there and go shooting with them. So I needed a Pelican case. So I bought. Uh, some now we stickers. know you're not a liberal. Oh, dude, I—I uh, I am so not a liberal. I am so not a conservative. I am so conservative. I'm not even a conservative. <laughs> So, um, so I buy this Pelican case and of course I got to put some stickers on it. Cause you know, as I'm going through the airport, I got to like, I got to represent. And so I got this great sticker. You of course will know the name of the movie. Ironically, our millennial friends will not until maybe next year. Maybe I'm hoping. Uh, but, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful sticker. It's got a picture of an F-14 Tomcat upside down, and it says, because I was inverted. And I was like, oh, great line. Oh. You don't even know, do you? I don't. What's that from? F-14 Tomcat, because I was inverted. Oh. Oh, well, that's got to be Top Gun. Of course it's Top Gun. Of course. Oh. So, you know. I told you I made them put that as my uh, my name on my uh, my uh, uh, shooting team shirt. My name says Maverick. <laughs> so good. Know, why not be the Top Gun? That's the way I see it. Pete Mitchell. Dude, my throat is giving me trouble. I got to get a sparkling water. I'm sorry, dude. Well, Hold need, on. I don't need a sparkling water. I don't know what's going on, you know? Right, so, Normally, uh, I have five shots of whiskey before a podcast, and today I just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's my morning drink, and this is an hey, afternoon. Only... I'm totally teasing everybody. So I went on vacation last week. Ooh, tell us about it. It looked fun. Your um, kid's dancing was the funniest freaking video I've ever seen. Dude, you should have seen her when she first started, <laughs> and she's trying to do the floss, and it's just comedy. My, oh, my, my gosh. Four-year-old. They um, were animals, dude. Oh, yeah. Dude, they were tearing it up. So up. people don't know this about Pete, but Pete actually can do some pretty uh, pretty good moves. Oh, that's right. When we did the uh, <laughs> we did a webinar, I don't think it was the one with Francis Chan. I got to throw that in there. Like, uh, you know, us and Francis, we go way back. Uh, I think it was the one with 
Dave Ferguson. No, it probably was Francis Chan. I think it was, yeah. And right before it started, I was doing uh, The Running Man in my office for, oh my gosh, for Peyton. I could not stop laughing. I think I busted and into the cabbage patch right after that. I you did. Skills. Oh, my gosh. The stuff we used to do before we had like serious guests on, like big names. Remember we'd like, what was that, like Google Hangout? Is that still a thing? I think so. I don't use it. We'd do Google Hangout, and we'd be like putting like glasses and hats on each other and oh, cat noses right. and yeah. oh my gosh dude we'd be like writing like scrolling text across the street <laughs> we're like quick quick get it all off the guy's about to come on <laughs> i don't know how <laughs> some of us just like to walk right up to the line and look over the edge that's us <clears throat> i'll probably always mention it until my podcasting death just because it's still so funny to me to hop into the Philip Yancey call going, woo like, you know, Buckaroo Bonsai, like we're para-jumping into. The funniest part of that will always be you going, Phil, and him going, Philip, <laughs> kept correcting you. <laughs> so, Phil, tell me about uh, Philip. Uh, my, my friends call me Philip. That was right. Or no, or did he say, my friends call me Phil? Uh, only my friends call me. No, no, I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't remember that. But I just remember him continually correcting you, and you like almost like you didn't even care. I was like, yeah, sure thing, Phil. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ignored. Yeah, but you know we're tight, Phil. So it's 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 okay. Yeah, he, he has a. He was the first guest who said uh, to his agent, "I never book me on that podcast again." He was the first. One. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Definitely not the last. But he was not the last. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, so went to uh, went to Lake Las Vegas last week. It's about uh, 25, 30 minutes from the Strip. Absolutely gorgeous because there's no one there, which, of course, a hermit like me, that's what I live for. Uh, we rented a condo. and uh, Nice. Yeah, it's great because the, the condo buildings that we stay at, the people who own them, it's usually a second house for them. So most of them are empty. And if someone does actually live there, they go to work. So almost every day, we were like the only ones in the pool. Um, it was wonderful. I mean, it, it was great. Once my kids are a little bit older and better swimmers, I mean, there's all the lake activities, which is like no one's there. Like it is, it's a ghost town. Dude, we should go with you sometime. Oh, you really should. It'd be great. They just opened up this little water park, which is like uh, they, you know, basically roped off part of the lake and have all those uh, floating bouncers, like all of them that you can imagine. Oh, really? And so it looks like fun, but my kids don't swim yet. So that pool was insane, dude. That thing was awesome. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was wonderful. And you guys got to watch a movie out there, right? Yeah, well, one of the local malls, uh, every Thursday in the summer, they show a, a kid's movie. And so we knew that from last year. So we scouted it out, knew they had Lego 2 when we were going to be there. So we just made sure Thursday, it was one of the two times we went into the Strip. And we just went to the mall and watched the movie there. And then another time we went to, uh, they got a dolphin and uh, white tiger encounter at the Mirage. We went there and then Rainforest Cafe. Those are the only times we went in. Oh trip. yeah, the Mirage. Isn't that where um that the one guy Siegfried and Roy didn't didn't Roy get one of that them was at the Mirage, moved. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah one of them got yeah. moved by the tiger, and that yeah. ended their uh, their show. 
Which was sad, dude, because I remember those dudes. I saw those dudes when I was a kid, man, like at a circus. And uh, it was was actually a great marketing example. Uh, This one guy, Dean Jackson, a famous marketer, he wrote an article called um, How to Tiger Proof Your Business. Because when the tiger took out whichever one he took out, that whole business collapsed. Wow. And he compared that to the Blue Man Group, where it's not built on an individual person or group of people because they're all painted blue. And they've got like 68 groups of blue man groups that are now like all over the country and it never has to be the same guy. They can always have like other people fill in. And he goes, that's like ninjas, dude. That's why ninjas endure forever, dude. You and the ninjas, man. What (laughs) up? 80s. Hey, but you know what we did do? We stopped off at Peggy Sue's diner in Yermo. What have you ever done that drive? You have to have, yeah, because everyone passes by there. I don't, I don't know that I have. Fifteen. It says it's in Yermo, a a huge town of seventeen, yeah, seventeen (laughs) hundred and fifty people in Yermo, California, right, like by Barstow, I think, right outside Barstow. Oh well, see, that's the problem. Barstow is like where I always go. I, I I don't ever get as far as for like seventy-five miles on each side. Of Peggy Sue's Diner. There's these billboards. Peggy Sue's 50s Cafe coming up. I love that, dude. Up. I love that. That is one of my favorite things on planet Earth is what? road trips like that. Route 66 style where you've got like those kinds of places. Well, I love cool, that, dude. You got to check it out. So it's the one. You've seen it. Everyone's seen it. Every time we've gone to Vegas, we've driven by it. Never stopped. Because the billboards look really run down. Right. And you see all these dinosaurs. Like they, they oh, built yeah. up that place, right? With all the Oh, dinosaurs. I've been there. You've I've been, been in there. the dinosaurs. Yeah, it's on Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Yeah, and I it's also on... Um, yeah. Oh, dude, and also on... Um, oh, what is it? Uh, yeah, dude, I've been there. And um, uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Okay. That video. Uh, Tears for Fears. Totally on there. Yeah. So we, he sits uh, up in the dinosaur with uh, <clears throat> that girl, and she goes... That one's not there. It, so that's got to be a different place. Oh, okay. I got all excited. Yeah. Never mind. Never never mind. But uh, so we stopped there. It's You got to stop there. Like next okay. time you go, plan for, you know, it's like halfway between here and Vegas. Just plan. That's where we're having lunch. Looks rad, dude. I'm it's, looking at it right now. It's great inside. I literally, the food, eh, whatever. Food was all right. I mean, it wasn't yeah. bad, but it wasn't like, you know, great. Wait staff was the most nicest, politest people. The bussers were polite. I've never been to a restaurant ever where the wait staff was that nice. Yeah. I'm like, dude, how you guys are like in the middle of literally nowhere. It's packed. I mean, packed. Everyone eats at apparently Peggy Sue's fifties diner. And, uh, just, I mean, I actually did a whole podcast, uh, for uh, contractor secret weapon where we talked about it. Wow. All the different marketing stuff that they did right. And it, it, wow. It's, it's great. You got to go check it out. And take, It's kind of cool because they they made it a thing, didn't they? Just out in the middle of nowhere with yeah. all those signs. They made it a thing. They made it. That's exactly what they did. Like, apparently they've got, uh, oh, man. It's one of the pictures I put on Facebook where it's like largest jeweled hamburger in Yermo, California. So it's like they took a bedazzler to a huge fake hamburger. (laughs) And it's like, 
It's Yermo. It's the largest one in Yermo. It's probably the largest one in the world because who would ever bedazzle a hamburger? And you could tell, like, at one time, that was a marketing thing that they had done. Was it like two of my daughter's favorite things? If I tell her this, she'll be like, Saturday, Dad? Saturday? Let's go to, let's go to, well, you know, it's just. (laughs) Bedazzled cheeseburger, my two favorite things. Give, give Give you a road trip, give you something to do with the kids. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed all of it, actually. Sounds rad, dude. Sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah, I want to go. <clears throat> I saw the pictures. It's got all that pop culture. So yesterday, dude, uh, this guy at my church, he works uh, at the company called USAopoly that makes all the board games you've ever seen that are like based around some other license, like... You know, um, other than like a few of them, like they did the Simpsons Monopoly. If you have that, you have a USAopoly game. Um, things like Rick and Morty, uh, I don't know, like Clue or whatever. They take these licenses. They've got all these Game of Thrones things. They've got Back to the Future. Um, picked up a couple Golden Girl things for my brother. It's kind of like a running joke with us. So uh, I picked up the the Golden Girls card game and I don't know, like a big giant 200 piece puzzle or something with them, which will get mailed to him. But man, it was it was amazing going into this place. All the nerds that make cool things and design cool things like work there. Places like like Comic-Con exploded all over it in this giant warehouse, everybody's desks. There's like this giant statue of Darth Vader on this like ledge he's like holding his hand out to electrocute everybody and it was just i walked out of there with some game i didn't even know what it was called um never heard of it it was called talisman and it was the batman talisman and then he gave my kids a super mario kart chess set it's like really nice they make that stuff so i was like wow dude this was cool so i got to go did, there did you yesterday. Tell him, and now you shall be rewarded in heaven <laughs> no he has good theology he goes to church with me he knows better. Well, that's good. Yeah, kind of. I could have. I could have really milked that if he had bad theology. Sorry, man. This gardener, man, he <laughs> comes right over to my door, like right when I. You need say to something. call this one the one about discipleship and Pete's gardener. <laughs> how about how about your discipleship garden? Oh man. I'm telling you, blowing <laughs> blowing the cobwebs off your discipleship practices. Okay, we should get down into the nitty gritty, huh? Okay, so I got a I got a I got a line for you. It's really easy, but I we will have um dueling eighties and nineties film quotes. We can keep them di- different uh different line Two uh weeks. different decades. <laughs> oh Two dude weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Mars. uh, Oh, why is it? Uh, Shoot, um, the name. You know, I know it. Um, I'm blinking. Arnold Schwarzenegger going to Mars. The lady's head explodes. You you can't recall it. You can't recall. Oh, total recall. (laughs) (laughs) How about this one? Why didn't you just put the bunny back? Well, I can tell you're trying to sound like Nicolas Cage. (laughs) I have no idea what movie it is. Really? You could tell that? Oh yeah, you were you were totally trying to sound like Nicolas Cage. I totally was, and it was Nicolas Cage. Well done. What Who, uh, <laughs> church planners going? 
Hey, dude, you said 30 minutes, man. Where are you guys going with this? Oh, no, we're at the 26-minute mark. We're good. We we're are. Good. We're, we got a couple. We're, we're milking it. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, I'm not good at this game. <laughs> you can't even remember <laughs> the name of your own movie. Go, oh, gosh. Um, the one with the convicts, Air, uh, Con Air. Oh, Con Air? Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I got to know the title myself, right? I knew the movie, though. Yeah, no, ah. you can always tell Nicolas Cage because... He's such a bad actor. Like, it was so funny to me when he was famous. Because we'd go see any movie he was in. And I was always like, but he's not a good actor. Like, I'll go see it, but he's not good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Very true. All right. You you got one? I'll see. I'll see if I can throw another one or two at you. Uh... Pull, oh, pull out of your Adam Sandler. You can stump me with those. I don't know those nearly as well as you do. Uh, but but your kids are really going to like it. <laughs> oh, but your kids are really going to like it. And the, the worst part is uh, that's close to the line. I'm not sure if that's exactly the line. Oh, it's Back to the Future. Back to the Future, baby. Yeah, baby. That's it. Yeah. Um, that's when he's playing the, the rock and roll, right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, good, good. Hey, we're he we're doing all right B, at this. He goes from Johnny B. Good to '80s metal. That's right. <laughs> Your kids are yeah, because he he's playing that, and then all of a sudden he stops, and like everyone just stand there with their jaws like hanging out. Like, what was that? Like the yeah. whole place freezes. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's good, man. That's good. Um, oh, shoot. You know what we should do? We should go to. Uh, Regal, when they do like those throwback movie nights where it's like one night only, we're showing First Blood, Sylvester Stallone. Like, we should go to those together. Like, that I think we would really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. That would be rad. That'd be rad. Then we'd have to hang out, and that'll never happen. Yeah. Okay. How about this one? Stick around. Oh, that's so. That's so Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Stick around. Uh, I can't do. I can't do him. Stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Stick oh, around. that's that's uh. Yeah, you got it. Come is on, that you got this. Commando. Nope. Nope. No? You got it. Come on. Oh, it's not Commando. Mm, oh wait, wait. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me see. Can you I let my was... friend sleep? He's dead tired. <laughs> He had a bunch of one-liners like that. Even when he played Mr. Freeze and Batman, he did that. Um, oh, that's all you can you know. do with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, my understanding is, yep, that's what I thought. Yeah. Who? What is it? Okay, I was right. It wasn't Commando. Which one is it? It's Predator. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he nice the dude. Both. Oh, maybe he did. You might be right. Yeah, and then there's like the classic ones, gonna need a bigger boat. Oh yeah, that Jaws. Who, who could yeah. ever forget that one? Yeah, right. Still to this like, day, I can't go in the ocean without like freaking out. Yeah, you're you're banned from uh, movies if you don't know um, that quote. You're just not allowed to watch movies anymore. You broke the rules. I was talking with uh, uh, Justin. The pastor of my church, and uh, and he was like, "So, what's the deal? Are you guys quitting the podcast, or are you keeping it going?" 
I'm like, well, did you hear the episode where we interviewed the guy who was going to take over it? And he goes, no. And I go, well, we found out that he had never watched Star Wars. And so the very next episode, <laughs> we're like, sorry, bro. Uh, you ain't taking over our podcast. You've never seen Star Wars. You're out. And he just died laughing. That's rad. Okay, so I got a quote here. Um, this is, uh, I heard this the other day and I was laughing my butt off. How non PC this is. Conan says, There's nothing better than to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentation of the women. <laughs> it's like straight out of Bible times, right there. Yeah, uh, I, I watched Conan <laughs> the Barbarian, but I was never a big Conan person. I loved, so I loved that movie as a kid, but there were some really racy, seedy bits in that that, uh, again, are very, uh, the Me Too movement, you know, we luckily we've moved on from those times in the 80s where that was ex- acceptable because well, you gotta understand I won't the, watch the it fam- now. The family that I grew up in, if it wasn't on TV, I was not allowed to see it. Like, I wasn't allowed yeah. to listen to the radio until I was in high school. Like, I just, I grew up no. in this completely no, right. shut off, sheltered life. So, if well, I that's the house my kids are growing up in. Not, not quite the same, but I mean, like, they, they would not be watching Conan. You know, we No, we're but even... you don't even have a TV, so you're worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a TV. Well, he doesn't play about? any TV. Well, I got Netflix and, you know. Hey, did you watch Stranger Things season three? No, I had to start back over at season one. Watch season one. I'm like three episodes good. into season two, so I can't. Yeah, two is no good. Yet. Three is funny. Is I it? I gotta say, you can't take three serious. It's just fun. Oh, that's good. But there are a million '80s Easter eggs hidden in there, and it it was just fun to me because I'm the, I don't even know if I was watching the actual show. I'm watching how they're setting up certain shots, going, "Oh, that's sixteen candles." They're Easter eggs. The thing is packed with Easter eggs. And the, the final episode has one of the best Easter eggs of all time. Did you see that but, meme on Facebook where there's a husband and wife building a crib and the wife goes, let's put this in the corner. And then you got Patrick Swayze. Yes. Going, Don't you dare. <laughs> or nobody does that. <laughs> you scumbag. <laughs> he goes, you scumbag. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Yeah, it's good. But, uh, okay, before we get on, I, I'll bring this back to something spiritual. Um, you got a leaf blower, I got a train. You know, these are modern problems. But uh, <laughs> Conan's prayer. I, I remember this as a kid, and I thought it was the funniest thing. He's he's praying before he goes into battle, and he goes, Crumb. Remember he would say that? Like, Crumb. He would get all like. You know, kind of like he dedicated that fight to his God. But he says, Krom, I have never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you will remember if we were good men or bad, why we fought or why we died. All that matters is that two stood against many. That's what's important. Valor pleases you, Krom. So grant me one request. Grant me revenge. And if you do not listen, then hell with you. That's not quite the same as saying amen at the end of your prayer. But uh, we remember that Jesus did have to teach the disciples how to pray. Can you imagine Conan being one of the 12? <laughs> now there's a kid's cartoon. Oh we thought gosh. Peter was the problem apostle. <laughs> How did we get to Conan was one of the 12? 
You let me on a podcast. I think he was. His name was Judas. Oh, I don't know. I I, I see Conan a bit more like Peter, but, you know. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All serious now. All serious. That was fun. Okay, so uh, let's get into our podcast, the actual Hold real on. part. Okay, oh. all right. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Oh, man, I almost had a movie line. Oh, man, what was it? Uh, steady. <laughs> steady, Rogue Leader. Hold. Oh. Wait, what What was it? <laughs> it's Star Wars. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gold right, Leader. Scott, yeah. it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. All righty. It came in from behind. <laughs> Porkins. Yeah, that's great. All right, all right. Okay. So, uh, okay, guys, um, today's topic is discipleship. A little something I like to call discipleship, which, by the way, is much talked about and rarely done. So it, it's it's a trend. It's I mean, I would say in one sense, it's a 2,000-year-old trend. I mean, Jesus talked about it, and he commanded us to do it. And it's kind of like a pedigree, like you throw it down and minister. I'm not really into evangelism. I'm into discipleship or, you know, we're not really into doing church. That was the trend a few years ago. Remember, we were doing church. We're, we're being the life. church. We're doing, doing life. life, doing church, being the church. You know, all these trends that people are so trendy about. I just, I always want to just smack people. I now, you know. I, I hear the trends, and it's like you can you can say things like, uh, "Oh, you know, worship isn't about the music." It kind of is. I mean, I'm reading the Psalms, and kind of is a lot about the music. You know, break out the timbrel and the harp and the lyre, and you know, I will sing to you. Like it's kind of about music, but that's cool. You feel clever saying those things. But anyways, discipleship has become a bandwagon. Um, which is a good thing, because it was intended to be kind of a thing that we did. But what I always like to kind of point out is talk is cheap. And talk is a cheap substitute for actually doing something. So um, often when I've interviewed people on their discipleship books, and I ask them, who are you actively discipling? They draw a blank, because they wrote a book about it, they talk about it, they get paid to travel and talk about it. But they don't do it. And so discipleship um, really is something that's meant to be a part of life. So I'll train church planners. And one of my jobs when I was working for the Sin Network was to find guys that were church planners that needed to be reproduced. And they were good church planners. Excuse me. And that was the requirement. It's a quality mute, podcast we run. Wasn't here. quick enough on the mute button there, quality obviously. New podcast. tools. Uh, Craftsman blames his tools. <laughs> so, uh, so what happened? You know, I would call these guys up and I'd say, "Hey, uh, you know, you, um, you know, you need to uh, consider. You know, we 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 like the church planner. You are. We want to reproduce you." And they'd say, "Oh, you know what, man? Like, I'm so busy, I don't have time." And we would say, "Well, hold on, like." We're giving you tools to reproduce yourself. That I mean, to to break that down into other, other, you know, bits of vernacular. That means to disciple somebody, like to disciple other leaders. Are you saying you're so busy in ministry 
that you don't have time to do the very thing that Jesus said you're supposed to be doing, going out into all the world and kind of occupying the majority of your time because it's four hours a week commitment. That's 10% of your schedule. If you're working a 40-hour week, I'm sure you're working more than that, but that's 10% of your time. Like, really, you, you couldn't give 10% of your time to to just disciple somebody? And, uh, and that usually puts things in context. But like I said, it's something that even the trendiest of guys out there talking about it, talking about it, discipleship, what they often mean is they have a program, right, somewhere in the church, um, or it's listed somewhere on a value, or they'll start calling believers disciples. Um, but, but often no actual discipleship is taking place. And I think the reason that, that people struggle with discipleship is number one, they don't know what to do. Like they don't, I mean, it's kind of interesting because Jesus made disciples. He made 12. He spent the bulk of his three years doing it. But we never pick that apart and say, well, what did that look like? Like, what was Jesus actually doing? Like, let's, let's, let's analyze the design that, that Jesus had for discipleship. This is one of the things I do, you know, but we don't, we don't talk about it. So recently I went to Refuge Long Beach and they, they were saying, Hey, discipleship's a big part of where we're going in future. And I thought, that's great. So, uh, they allowed me to preach and I preached on discipleship and I said, look, I'm not going to give you another message about how you should disciple and discipleship is good. If I break it down into those, you know, my two sermon points are discipleship is good. Oh, wait, wait, three, three points. Jesus commanded us to disciple, not make converts. That would be my first point. Oh, profound. And then second point would be um, discipleship is good. And third point would be you should disciple. That's pretty much the, the majority of sermons you've heard and I've heard, Pete, on discipleship. Nobody actually says, hey, let me blow your mind out and just tell you really simply how to do it, Right. Um, years ago, Francis Chan and David Platt came out with a rad book called Multiply because they, they saw this practical whole, like we could just write this book that you could take a friend through and very practically just get together for coffee, read the chapter, a couple chapters, whenever you want, and just meet together once a week and talk about it. Boom. Right? Like that's, that's a, I mean, I would maintain that's a part of discipleship, but it's not actually discipleship. I'd say it was a component of it. Um, but that was super helpful. Just having a tool like that, that somebody goes, let me, let me just give you training wheels. Because, you know, I got this theory that, you know, we tend to not know how to disciple because we weren't discipled. And I asked the question on Sunday. I was like, Hey, how many of you guys? Um, you were discipled and a, you know what happened, um, that somebody discipled you. That means took you under their wing. And first I described what it was, what discipleship is. And the majority of people did not raise their hand. And I asked how many of you have discipled somebody else? And a few more hands went up, which was good. You know, like, you know, more people had been like, Hey, I want to remedy. It's kind of like when you've not had good parenting, you, you don't know what a father is because your father wasn't there and you decide that doesn't matter. I'm going to, I'm going to be the best dad my, my kid, you know, could possibly have. And you have those stories out there, but the majority of people out there 
they, they don't know how to disciple because it was never modeled for them. It was never done for them. So uh, my second part of this theory about discipleship is we tend to disciple how we ourselves were discipled. So <clears throat> if I, you know, and th- this is funny. This is, this is how I do the teaching part of discipleship. Um, I was taken, and, and I had all three, like by multiple leaders, um, I had all three components of discipleship. But the teaching part, the guy just sat down and took me through First John. And that was fantastic. You know, it was basically like, you know, hey, uh, he, he opened up First John, and he'd be like, in the beginning, uh, or that which we have seen from the beginning, our ears have heard, our hands have touched, this we proclaim to you concerning the word of life. The reason I have so much of First John memorized is that is what I've taken so many people through. Because what was done for me was uh, he was my former youth pastor. He sat me down and he said, hey, what do you think John's saying? Because for some reason he, he said to me, you need to know this book more than any other book. This in the Gospel of Mark. Years later I went back to him and said, why'd you say that? And he goes, I don't know, I said that? And I'm like, yeah. So, But for whatever reason, First John, it became the book that I discipled others with because it was what I myself had been discipled with. And it works. I mean, it's amazing. You go through First John, and it's a book about how to know that you know him. And he basically says, these areas of your life have changed. Um, this, is, this is how we know, uh, that we know him and set our hearts at peace in his presence, that we obey his commandments. That is a proof that you know God. You obey him. Right? That's something that's changed in your life. That an assurance of salvation can come from that. Then he says, um, nobody who uh, believes that Jesus did not come in the flesh is born of the Spirit. Um, you know, and so one of the things, so one of the things that John says your attitudes change towards is the truth, right? Like you know the truth and you you something doesn't set right with you concerning heresy. And that is an assurance that you belong to God. You hear false teaching. Like I can remember first time I ever went to the Disciples of Christ home Bible study. These guys seem really hardcore. And I was like, wow, these guys, I mean, I I thought I was following Jesus pretty hard, but these guys are really following Jesus hard. I go there and they, they everybody was like, yeah, yeah, this guy was preaching. And they're like, go, Pat, go. Like they're cheering him on. It was kind of weird. But he started saying something and something went, it was like the, the, Needle scratching the record suddenly, like zip, zip. And I remember just something in my spirit was telling me, like, this isn't me. This isn't, and I don't mean me was telling me. I mean, like, God was saying, this isn't, this isn't my word. And this isn't me. You need to get out of here. And I was a youngish believer. I wasn't too young in my faith, but I was a couple years old. And I just said, Hey, uh, I got a question. And I asked, and they started teaching baptismal regeneration, some other things that were really legalistic. And I just said, oh, no way, guys. Like, I totally believe the gospel. I think you guys are where the Galatians are at. And I just stood up to all of them. There's a room full of people, and they all started dogpiling on me theologically. And I just said, you know what, guys, I'm going to go, you know. But uh, I thought you guys were pretty cool, but now I can, like, (laughs) it's pretty bold. You know, I was like, hey. I can see you guys are just a, you're a cult, man. I don't know who you are or what you are. I'd never heard of you before, but, uh, you know, J-Dubs and Mormons got nothing on you guys. Bring, and, bring, 
Sorry. And uh, Ricky. <laughs> hold, hold on. Okay, stay inside. I think my gardener left the door open, and I'm like, great. I'm going to have to go chase the dog down the street. I, I was trying to think of the movie quote. I was like, Ricky, Ricky. Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Uh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> it's the story of my life. That's all. Oh, Ricky, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Ricky. <laughs> now Ricky's totally coming up like, what? So, you know, so so going back to that, <clears throat> so First John just became, it was just a great tool, and I led people to Jesus. I led so many people. By the way, that's a key to discipleship. I always like to point out, at what point did the disciples become saved? That's a question I've never been able to answer. I know at one stage Jesus says, um, did my words not make you clean? And yet one of you is a devil. So like at a certain point, they got saved. But I don't know that they were saved. Like they didn't even believe he was the Messiah. They definitely didn't believe he was God until they got in the boat with him. Um, they, They didn't know. They thought he was a prophet at first. And, you know, like later on, Peter's like, you're the Christ, you know, like, and that's like a, a jaw drop that Peter has the boldness to say he's the Messiah, you know? Like, it's just like, at what point did these guys come to faith? We don't know. And that's so well, cool. And see, that's, and we've brought this up like probably 200 episodes ago. Ago, That's like one of the, the issues, not issues, it's one of the thoughts that goes through my head. Like when he sent out the 72, the 12 were with them. Like the 12 were sent out. Right. That means Judas was out. Yeah. And it says, you know, they were performing miracles and yep. blah, blah, blah. They were, and it's like, okay, was he saved? Did he, <laughs> you know, did, I, I know this is like you can't say this in church today. Did he lose his salvation? You can't say that, right? I get that. But it's like, it, it's one of those mind benders for me. Like, it's, it's totally yeah. a mind bender for me. Right. Judas's whole arc. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And, and and it's so weird because Jesus made that statement. He says, many, many will come to me in the last day saying, Lord, we cast out demons and did miracles in your name. And Jesus like, depart from me. I never knew you. See, like, that's the part where it's like, that, that's the part where I'm like, man, dude, okay, this whole thing, you can't <laughs> say a magic prayer. Like, hold on, I got to eat my dog again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good. I don't know if I should keep talking or not. Will Pete come back and edit this or won't he? Stay tuned on the podcast. Only the listener will know whether this got cut or remained in the this podcast. This episode is going to go down in history. <laughs> it's one of our, our most quality episodes. Oh, hey, welcome. If this is your first time on the podcast, so happy for you. <laughs> so happy for you. <laughs> This is solid gold, man. I can't wait to tell everyone. Five-star review coming up. So uh, anyways, but you know, it's good to laugh and learn at the same time. LOLs, laugh or learn, lols. So uh, that's our new slogan at the beginning. Uh, there, see what I did? You helped us out, listener. Thank you. We just came up with the worst tagline ever for the beginning of a podcast. Thanks to you. So uh, what 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 was I babbling on about, Pete? Well, we were talking about I I hijacked it to talk about Judas and his whole storyline. You yeah. said, you know, many will come saying, "I did all this stuff. I never knew you." Which I, you know, the funny thing about that verse, by the way, a little side note, I think 
so many people, when they read that, they immediately start thinking of pick your villain preacher and apply hmm. it to them. Right. But I don't think that's all Jesus meant. Like, I think there are so many, uh, what I refer to as societal Christians. Right. Uh, you know, I, I'm an American, therefore I'm a Christian, or I'm a Republican, therefore I'm a Christian. I think there are so many of them that are going to be like, wait a second, I'm a Christian, I was a Republican, I voted straight Republican, I, I was in the United States. I mean, mom and dad took me to church every Sunday when I was a kid. And you just will be like, I never knew you. Right. And I think that's going to be like mind-blowing to so many people when they're there. Right, right. No, ab- absolutely. And and here's the thing, dude, is when you look at um, the whole, uh, you know, the whole thing about um, – you know, like the faith, the whole faith movement. I mean, they're not just the preacher, but I mean, there's a bunch of self-appointed people out there that are going around. It's positive thinking. And, you know, there's a place for faith. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, where it says like Jesus could do no miracles there for, you know, they, they, they did not have faith. Um, the, the faith movement has taken something that exists and a hijacked it and taken it way further. Well, God didn't heal you because he didn't have enough faith. That's never in the Bible, right? So like there's a, and we could even have a whole episode talking about what's the legitimate theological, um, you know, outline of faith in the Bible versus the false teaching and where does it cross the line? And so <clears throat> where it crosses the line, and I'll just throw this out real quick because I can't just say that and not say something, but um, real quick is it, it with the faith movement goes beyond the point at which you're trusting Christ and it's then you are trusting yourself in your own faith. And that's why the reformers, even with salvation, used to say, you need to be careful because we're saved by grace through faith. Faith is a vehicle. It's not the faith that's saving you. So when we say saved by faith, uh, the more theologically accurate way to say it is we're saved by grace uh, through faith. Faith becomes a vehicle that God uses to save you, but your faith is in Christ saving you. Your faith is not in your faith. Your faith is not, It faith can become a work if you look at it like the faith movement. It becomes a performance issue, and that's where um, the uh, faith movement crossed the line on salvation. And I would say there are many people, and I'm not saying all people in the faith movement are not saved. I'm not saying that. But I would I would reason to guess that there is a huge amount of people in that movement that, that do not know God. But they've been promised, hey, your best life now, and you come to God now, and all your, you know, he, you will have blessing, 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 heaped upon you blessing. And people come to that and by the droves because they're like, dude, I, I, I want this blessing stuff. This sounds good. And uh, their ascent to God or the Bible is pretty much like uh, someone joining AA that ascends to the higher power. And it's like, hey, great, you know, like, cool. Yeah, I can acknowledge this God of the Bible, I, I believe. But there's no Christ following. There's no actual conversion that's happened, a spiritual head-on collision with God that wrecked them and brought them to the end of themselves and caused them to look up like, as Jesus says, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness. That was for people that were dying from poison, right, from a snake bite wound. Right then, 
that all they had to do was look and some refused to look. And Jesus says, that's how it is with me. Um, all men must, must be drawn to me and, and look to me to have eternal life. And, and some will still refuse to look. They'll look at everything around him, but they won't look at him and trust him and come to faith and be saved. And that's where, you know, it, it crosses the line. And that's where Judas was. He was very familiar with the things of God, just not God, you know? And that's, that's, uh, that's where Hebrews, it was particularly uh, dangerous for the Hebrews because they had come from a very religious background. That's where um, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, make your calling and election sure. And and we don't like to talk about that because we like it. Oh, no, 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 you're fine. But he was like saying, hey, just in First John is that book that comes back into it and says, well, have you noticed this? Has your... A couple things he lays out, how to know you know him. Because God doesn't want you wandering around going, I don't know if I know him, man. I'm scared. Because that's not going to be good for you. That's not going to be good for your walk. That's not going to be good for the witness of the world. God wants you to have confidence. And he says that, right? We have confidence, he says in First John chapter 3. And, and so he goes through almost like a field test with you, a litmus test. And he goes, okay, these couple things. What's your attitude towards his word? Do you do you submit to it? Do you respect it? Like, is it is it treasured to you? Um, unlike Luther, who before he was converted said, "Love God." Sometimes I hate him. <laughs> you know, it's like, and he was a monk, you know, but he just was under legalism. And then after that, it's you know, what's your attitude towards um, heresy? I know it's not there. Um, I, I know it's not right. He says, "What's your attitude towards the brothers? Right, your brothers and sisters." Do you love them, right? And then the fourth one is, and I'm not taking these in order, the fourth one, there's four in First John. Fourth one is, what's your attitude towards sin, right? Do you, do, does it trouble you? Does it bother you? Not because it makes you feel guilty, and I don't like feeling guilty, but do you see sin the way it is? Do you, do you want to honor God? Does it bother you that there's still sin in you? Because there is still sin. John says, hey, if you say you don't sin, um, you're lying there, right? Like the truth isn't in you. You, you, the first thing about a Christian, he knows I am a sinner, right? It's the first thing John says is if we say we have no sin, which the false teachers were trying to convince people, John goes, Hey, one of the first things you know about yourself is I'm a sinner, man. <laughs> you kidding? I need the blood of Jesus. So, but my attitude towards sin is it, it also breaks me. And, and it troubles me and it bothers me. And when Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. I mourn over my current state, but I know I'll be comforted one day by God. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm still in, here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there, so there, but, um, but, but I mean, that's Judas in a nutshell right there. And, and it's interesting because he was, he was actively discipled by Jesus, and yet he he fell short of the grace. And I love that term, he fell short of the grace of God. It was grace held out to him, but he fell short of it. He rejected it. Somewhere he rejected God's grace. And of course, when you sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, you're kind of rejecting him. So, you know, but but here's the thing, going, because we could talk about Judas all day. It is a, Judas is complex, and I don't think any of us fully understands um, what was going on in Judas's mind? We know he was stealing money. No, and, and I also don't. Well, we don't know that he was stealing money. It doesn't no, it says that. it. It says it in Luke. Where? 
says that he was stealing out of the, out of the treasury. When he gets mad, when the lady, um, he says, oh, this could have supported us for a year and, um, or it could have been, uh, used to, to feed the poor. Um, Luke makes the statement. He said this because he kept the treasury and stole money from it. I don't think he said that and stole money from it. It does. I don't think it does. Did I make stuff up? Well, you're, you could be inferring because I don't think it directly said it. Oh, interesting. Because, I mean, maybe it did. I, I got to go back and reread that because I, I don't think it directly says that. So uh, what came up on the internet was the King James. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put there. Okay. All right. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't remember that. That's that's kind of eye-opening in and of itself. Yeah. John Paul Hence, 6. another reason I, I didn't want to be the treasurer. I hated that job. <laughs> And I couldn't help stealing the money, dang it. Dude, I remember oh. that one day I called you because I was freaked out because we had, it was like $100 off between what we put on the, the slip and then yeah. I'm like depositing it at the bank. I'm like, dude, I, I didn't deposit it because I'm like freaked out. It's different. I didn't, I didn't take the $100. I didn't take the $100. Well, and what was so funny is I laughed. I'm like, Pete. I, I I'm I'm pretty confident. I know you didn't take a hundred dollars out of the. You're like the richest person in the church, dude. We're we're good, you know. Well, but, how do you think I got so rich? I'm the treasurer. <laughs> this wasn't my first treasury gig. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, so you know, going back to discipleship, here's one thing I want to say. And since Pete loves part ones and twos, um, maybe we do a part two. But really, discipleship. Part three, we could break it into three. This, this could be the introduction, money. then we could have four. It's more about but, money. Uh, this one was more about money again. So we could do was discipleship it? and money and the gardener. <laughs> it was more about the leaf blower than anything. Let's be real. But, you know, discipleship has three components. So, I, I you know, this will be kind of like my final point here. Um, when Jesus discipled, he chiefly, if you analyze his design of discipleship, uh, coming up in the new book, um, he really, he chiefly does three things. And he does um, what I call time. He spends time with them, day in, day out, 24-7. So he's spending time, just time, hanging, talking, life on life, all this stuff, the Trinity stuff you pastors like. But he, he spends time with them, um, the walks, the talks, all that. But then he teaches them. So there's time, there's teaching. And that's what like the, you know, the evangelical movement's been really good. The Bible churches, the Calvary chapels, the Southern Baptists. I'd say the missional movement kind of looked at that and said, that's not enough. We need more. And so then they added to it the life on life. But there's a third component. And this is where I'm often at, right? I'm often like, you know, this is if you've ever heard me say the missional movement isn't missional enough for me. Often, um, I don't want to just hang out at your house and have a barbecue. Um, I'm I'm with Pete. I, I don't like people that much. So um, doing all these socially things with you um, while you're wearing your skinny jeans and listening to your stupid music, I don't want to hang out with you. So uh, here's the thing. Uh, but I'll go on mission with you all day long. I want to be on mission, like. And, and I love how like guys like Michael Frost and Alan Hirsch, they bring up this idea of communitas. And it's like that bond that, uh, platoon, uh, members, squad members get in the military when they're in battle together. There's this brotherhood and sisterhood that forms and that's communitas. And it's deeper than community. Um, it's a type of community only found on mission. And so for me, 
if you really want to go missional, let's go on mission. And that's the third circle. When these three overlap, you have uh, how Jesus discipled his uh, the 12. He took them on mission constantly. He tried to get them to do things constantly. Uh, Lord, these people don't have something to eat. You give them something to eat. Oh, we only have this little bit of bread and fish. You do the miracle right? He has them pass it out, and the miracle happens in their hands. He tells them, greater things than I've done, you will do. He was constantly trying to get them to heal people, to cast out demons from people. He wanted them to start doing the work of the ministry, and because that's what you do. So like right now, I've got um, an intern from Oxford, and I disciple him, and I do all three of those things. Um, he goes on mission, not always with me because it's, it's more with Long Beach, but I told him, I said, you're, you're not to be anybody's pencil pusher when you get here. So everybody's going to want you to do admin because they're like, oh, Ben's here and he's got a bunch of free time. He doesn't have a job. He's here to, here to serve the church or the ministry or whatever. And it's like, no, Ben, you, so Ben's out discipling. He evangelizes. He goes out evangelizing, I think, all day on uh wednesday morning or tuesday i can't remember wednesday night then he's in uh he goes to all the cogs he um he disciples people he disciples disciples a lot of the people uh in the park we had to tell him hey be careful some of those guys are going to hit on you that happened he got hit on when he's discipling he's like oh okay he learned he learned this the street smarts that's why you go two by two brother and uh you know so he's he's in it like he's he's in the trench but you know it's time teaching and tactics and if you're not taking people out that was the one of the first things that happened to me i got saved one night i think it was like a thursday night and saturday may, no maybe it was a friday but anyways the next day or two i was out on the beach sharing the gospel because a guy led me to jesus like well hey now that i did that for you you got to go do it for other people and to be honest i don't know that i would be the Christian or minister or planter or evangelist that I am. And I don't think I'm a good one of any of those things. But my point is, I do like to be on mission. Um, I, I, if, if that guy hadn't done that, I, I don't know. If I hadn't been discipled like that, I, I may not disciple people that way. Because going back to that theory, when you were chasing Ricky, it's we tend to disciple the way that we ourselves were discipled. So when planners would come to me and they'd be like, hey, you know, can you teach me? I'd be like, yeah, come with me. That's how I do it. And so like right now, Ben will come up on certain days and he'll just shadow me. And we we talked about that. We talked about uh, what to do with an intern maybe about a month ago. And we agreed we need to get Ben on here one day and have him show up to a podcast and just chat with us and say what his experience has been and, and what he because I want him to be honest. I want him to say what's going really well and what's not going well. Because that's what I ask him every week. What's going well? What could go better? And what do you think God's telling you to do about that? And those, those are kind of my three questions for him every week. And uh, But yeah. Yeah, so that's discipleship. So when you're asking him all those questions, I need someone to help out with payroll, uh, keeping track of all the tithing, doing the website. Who do you turn to? Well, it's funny you ask that, Pete, because asking a question is not enough. I must ask good follow-up questions to actually be a good questioner. So after all these countless follow-up questions that I must ask, I often don't have time, Pete, to be doing the bookkeeping and the IRS compliance. So I just make Ben do it. Nice. 
Oh no, no, no. I mean I mean Simplified, Simplified Church, Simplified Church. Simplifybin.com. Yeah, simplifybin.com. He'll simplify your bin. If you have a bin and you need him simplified, simplifybin.com. I like it. Uh, simplifiedchurch.com. They will handle it all for you. And uh, please don't tell them what we said about Ben, but go on over there and tell them Peyton and Pete sent you. Cool. Well, guys, this has been our podcast. It's not the best podcast. It's not the only podcast, but it's mine. It's my podcast. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's that line from Billy Madison? <laughs> uh, I know what you're thinking. Uh, anybody could do it. Well, it was tough for me, so back off! <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> oh, it's good. That should be our tagline. <laughs> it was time to please find that sound clip. <laughs> and that's where we're going to leave it today. You don't get our normal tagline. You get that one. It was tough for us. So back off, man. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music